in uh, in this moment, though, uh, a conversation with documentary filmmaker and activist Tariq Nasheed on the Hidden History Museum, Hidden History Museum, which recently opened here in Los Angeles, curating, uh, as its name suggests, exhibits about untold history, stories long omitted from public discourse. I am pleased to welcome from the Hidden History Museum, Tariq Nasheed, into the studios of KBLA Talk 1580. Tariq, how are you, sir? I'm good. How you doing, brother? If I complained, I'd be an ingrate man. I'm yes. glad to have you on and glad to have you in studio. Thanks for coming in. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, talk to me. I, I, we'll, we'll start big and broad and we'll work our way through uh, this half hour. Talk to me about the Hidden History Museum and what where this idea came from, how you got it online. Just talk to me about it. Yeah, you know, I, I did a whole documentary series called Hidden Colors. Mm -hmm. Very, very popular. We did Hidden Colors 1 through 5. Um, then we did some spinoff films, 1804, about the history of Haiti. Then we did a film called Buck Breaking, talking about the exploitation of black people during slavery. Um, my latest film is called American Maroon. So I've done a lot of documentary films that were popular. And I wanted to put together an institution that people could come to to learn more about the things I talked about in the documentaries. Mm -hmm. So I came up with the idea of doing a museum talking about untold history. We did a Indiegogo campaign, mm -hmm. raised over a million dollars in a month. And a year later, we got it open on Jefferson Boulevard right now. So yeah. it's popping. Yeah. Um, that's a mouthful. So yeah, let, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me give you a chance to start unpacking some of that for you. Yes, me. yes. Um, uh, first of all, when you uh, conceptualize the notion of a, of a space yeah. where folk could come, uh, and learn more about this hidden history. Mm -hmm. And let me just say, uh, every time I uh, learn something that I didn't know, uh, on the one hand, I feel empowered by that. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I almost feel sort of stupid, like, why didn't I know this? Yeah. I've considered yeah. myself reasonably learned it, mm -hmm. but, but, but why didn't I know this? I mean, I think many of us felt that way when the movie Hidden Figures came out. Yeah. Like, we, we see this yeah. stuff all the time, mm -hmm. stuff that we just don't know. So my first question is, what do you make of that, that there's so much history uh, that speaks to the grand contributions that we've made. Mm -hmm. I think Du Bois, the great black intellectual, once asked, would America have been America without her Negro people? Right. What, that's Du Boisian right. to the core, yeah. right? Would mm -hmm. America have been America without her Negro people? The answer, of course, is a resounding no. Mm -hmm. And yet every so often, I find myself learning something about the grand contributions that we've made uh, to this nation that I just didn't know. What do you make of that reality, first of all? Well, when you start to learn the truth, not only do you become enlightened, you become angry because mm. you realize that this was deliberately hidden from us. Yes. Because part of the game is for black people to feel like we are dependent upon the dominant society for everything and we can't do anything without them. When we learn the truth, that's when we wake up, and that's why they have an anti-woke movement. Think mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. The opposite of woke is sleep, mm -hmm. and they're talking about we need to stop these black folks from being so woke out here. Um, they hate the dominant society when we are understanding who we are because that empowers us, mm -hmm. and they feel threatened by that. Yeah. Um, so that's what your work has been about with these documentaries, of yes, course, bringing is. us that hidden history. Yeah. So talk to me about what happens inside your head when you start conceptualizing an actual space where people can come to learn more about their history. You know, I was driving down Crenshaw Boulevard mm -hmm. and I saw a, a year or so ago a lot of people using our brother Nipsey's place as a tourist attraction right and nipsey, nipsey was my guy who's supposed to be in one of my movies and he passed before he can be in the movie yeah. but i said we need something more stable than just a death site as a tourist attraction mm. in this area mm. 
So that's when I said we need to put an institution here. And that's when I started working on the concept of doing a museum here in the South Central Los Angeles area. When people walk into the facility, uh, just to, uh, just illustrate, uh, yeah. paint a picture. What, what do I see on the inside? Yeah, what are you doing inside? Yeah, when you walk inside, there's several pictures of a lot of black scholars. We have bust, cast iron bronze bust of Dr. John Henry Clark, who oh, was a yes. scholar warrior. Oh, yeah. Um, we have Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, who was an idol of mine, mm-hmm. a phenomenal sister. We have a woman, a bust of a woman named Biddy Mason, who was mm-hmm. a very important woman in Los Angeles. People do not talk about Biddy Mason and how important she was to Los Angeles. They call her the grandmother of Los Angeles. She was the wealthiest woman in the whole state of California. It was a black woman who was formerly a slave. California did have slavery here. This is why there's a big reparations thing going on. Um, there was a, San Bernardino was a slave colony. She was a part of that colony, and she fought to get her freedom out here in Los Angeles and went on to become the richest woman in in the country or in the state of California. So her story is not talked about. They don't even have a street named after Biddy Mason in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So we have a a mural outside of her and some other scholar warriors. Um, We talk about black inventors. We have different inventions made by black people. We've invented so many things, it's almost impossible to name them all right now. We have Mm -hmm. black people have over 50,000 patents. That's when we could get patents because Mm -hmm. when we were enslaved, we were not allowed to be um, to get patents. So we've created so many things, and we are the culture of America. We have to really realize that. Yeah. When we come forward, I want to come back to that to that money. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that million dollars that you raised. Yeah. Yeah. In a month. Yeah. As a guy who's trying to build a startup black-owned radio station, tell mm-hmm. me how you raised a million dollars in a month. I want to hear that story because yeah. I need to do that. <laughs> a startup is a startup is a startup, yes. as you know. It ain't easy. Yeah. But this Negro raised a million dollars in a month. Uh, I want to hear how I, I want to hear how he did that. A great deal more <laughs> when we come forward. Uh, with Brother Tariq Nasheed on KBLA Talk 15. We are indeed, and we're glad to have you tuned in to us uh, in this hour. Uh, Roy Wood Jr., uh, after news, traffic, and sports at the bottom of the hour. We'll continue our conversation now uh, with Tariq Nasheed about the Hidden History Museum, which opened recently here in Los Angeles. You heard uh, Tariq say earlier, um, and he didn't stumble or or stutter, uh, that in a month after announcing this idea, this brother raised a million dollars. And I want to start with this because I was just struck when I realized how successful that campaign was mm-hmm. in a month. Um, we could talk about the money, and, and maybe we will. What struck me, though, was what that said about the need, the desire, the hopes, the dreams, the aspirations of black people mm-hmm. who wanted a place to be constructed that would tell them the history, share with them the history that's been hidden from them. And when I thought about it in that regard, man, that thing made me warm and fuzzy all over, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that black people would put up that kind of money yes. to establish a space like this. That's how it made me feel. Yes. I didn't raise the money. How did it make you feel? It made me feel phenomenal yeah. and empowered. And that was the whole goal, to let us know we have the resources to do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. If we can fund all of these liquor stores and dispensaries and chicken joints all over the place that we don't own, Mm -hmm. we can fund something as simple as a museum and a million dollars. When we think about it is a lot of money, but not a lot of money for what we need. So I was very proud of the community for standing behind me, helping us get the money for that together in in a month's time, which is a record time to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, be honest, were were you shocked by how successful it was so, so swiftly? 
Not really, because I know our capabilities. Mm-hmm. And I, I got the number big. I said, if I'm going to go big, I'm going to go big. If I fail, I'm going to fail big. There you I'm go. I'm just throw the big number on out Go there. big or go home. Go, go, big, uh, go home. Lakers, are you, are you listening, Lakers? <laughs> go big or go home. I'm sorry, Greg. No, no problem. But, yeah. yeah, I knew we could do it. Yeah. I, I was not too, too shocked, but I knew we could do it. I know we Look, we are very powerful people, man. Mm-hmm. Black people, we've done so much. And other other groups come over here and we fund them. We have to understand all mm-hmm. of these other groups who come over here and set up shop in the black communities. Mm-hmm. It's our money who's funding them. Mm-hmm. So all we have to do is just turn that money around to ourselves and do something constructive. So I knew we can do that. I yeah. knew we can do it. What, what what did the success of that campaign say to you about our, let's put a final point on this, yeah. about our, how might I put this, our right to self-determination? That was the most important thing yeah. because we think a lot of times if we have to get something done, we got to ask somebody in the dominant society to do it for us. And we don't have to do that. It's the every little man, every little woman in the community. It's all about everybody getting on code and putting the resources together and getting stuff done. I wanted that mindset to be out there instead of not just looking for somebody in the dominant society. Another habit we get into is that, well, why don't you ask Oprah? Mm. Why don't you ask Michael Jordan? Let's get out of that, too. We can do things ourselves without having to go to the um, the moneyed people within the community. Well, to your point, though, since you went there, because you're right, we've all heard that. I've mm-hmm. heard it a gazillion times. Mm-hmm. You have, you have as well. Yeah, they got all this money. Why don't they do this? And why don't they do that? Well, that's first of all, nigga, that's their money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, they, yes. they get the right to choose to do <laughs> yeah. what they want to do with their money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does raise a question, though, as to whether or not uh, we have any reasonable right. To expect that we can put, if I can put it this way, a black tax mm-hmm. on wealthy Negroes <laughs> to do what we want them to do. See, yeah, that that's a cop out. I think we yeah. want them because the Asian community they don't do that. They don't say we need Jackie Chan to build us a museum. <laughs> you know, they go do it themselves. Yeah. Every yeah. little person, every working class person, they put it together themselves. We have to get into that habit of doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So because this history, it's called the Hidden History Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this history uh, is hidden from us, as one who does the research uh, mm-hmm. to 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 make us to make documentaries for us to view, mm-hmm. as the one who put this uh, museum online, when the history is hidden from you, how do you find it? Um. You go through certain records, you go through certain books that's not really promoted that much, mm-hmm. um, a lot of oral history, um, a lot of things are jotted down through personal diaries. Mm -hmm. So you just have to kind of know where to look and also travel to different cities because the people will tell you what's going on. I've learned a lot of stuff just by going to certain cities. Um, Like I went to Buffalo, New York, and somebody just casually said, you know, Buffalo was founded by a black guy. Then I researched it, and I'm like, that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, Our history is everywhere. And we have to really talk to each other, other black people too especially our older black people, because they know a lot of stuff based on oral tradition. And then when we research it and cross-reference newspaper articles, we, we can see the truth that way. How much of our history, uh, Tariq, is hidden from view versus being hidden in plain sight? Does that make sense? No, that makes a, a whole yeah. bunch of sense. Yeah. A lot of it is hidden in plain sight. Um, like we got a street called Pico Boulevard out here in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Pio Pico was black. A lot of mm-hmm. folks don't know that. A lot of black folks were in Mexico. There's a school called Pio Pico. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Named after him. Yeah. 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 Also down in um, Atlanta, 
you got a lot of stuff named Grady. You got mm-hmm. Grady Hospital, Grady School. Grady Memorial, yeah. Grady Memorial. There's a sure. big statue of Henry Grady in the middle of Atlanta, Black City. Now, Grady was known for one thing. He wasn't a politician. He wasn't a, an elected official. He wasn't. He was a known white supremacist. He was like Richard Spencer of his day. Mm-hmm. His job was to codify the North and the South after the Civil War and let them know, hey, we have to maintain white supremacy. His whole platform was going around maintaining white supremacy. That was it. And they got a statue of this man in one of the blackest cities in the the United States. Mm -hmm. And nobody really knows who he is Mm -hmm. and what he was really about. Mm -hmm. That type of stuff we have to understand. And Grady Memorial is the hospital in Atlanta all the Negroes go to. Yeah, the Grady babies. They brag about being Grady babies. Grady babies, babies, exactly. And they don't know the history. Yeah, uh, Uh, Grady was a white supremacist. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, so, uh, I'm I'm laughing, although it ain't funny, but I take your point. But but it does raise this question, which which is the following. When we learn, um, my grandmother, Big Mama, always put put it to me this way. She said, "Baby, when you know better, you, you ought to do better." Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you know mm-hmm. better, you ought to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 what does it mean for Black people in late modernity? What does it mean for us in real time to learn history that would then challenge us not just to reexamine our assumptions, not just to expand our inventory of ideas? But to change the way we move, the mm-hmm. way we show up, mm-hmm. history has a way of of, of, of of making people uncomfortable yeah. and making you move different. Right. It'll make you motivated, though, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Because right. when we go through certain hardships, if I go through a hardship, I think, well, damn, Harriet Tubman, she went through worse. Mm-hmm. My ancestors went through worse. The black Seminoles down in Florida, these people fought the United States government and mm-hmm. won and had to be shipped off to Oklahoma because they were turning up so much down in Florida. That's the inspiration I get when I think about people like Bass Reeves, Mm -hmm. an outlaw um, um, lawman Mm -hmm. in Oklahoma, who the Lone Ranger is based off of, the character Mm -hmm. of the Lone Ranger. A lot of folks don't know that. That's inspirational to me. Mm -hmm. When I think about Los Angeles and California and Allensworth, there was a black town right above Bakersville that former slaves built, and it's still there, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's a tourist attraction. They ended up messing up with their water supply and they had to leave, but those are inspirational stories to me that motivate me. When I see my people did that, I can get up and do what I need to do. Yeah. Um, to the point you've made now, and mm-hmm. I take you back a few moments to a, uh, another reference point in this conversation where you suggested that uh, that we are an amazing people. Yes, we are. We really are an amazing people. Mm-hmm. And yet, having said that, mm-hmm. uh, let me let me let me press you on this just for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. We are an amazing people, and yet it seems to me that we are not our ancestors. Mm-hmm. We are not our mothers and fathers. We are not our grandmothers and grandfathers. We certainly aren't our great, 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 great grandmothers and grandfathers. And that's not to demean our people. I love our people. Mm-hmm. And there ain't nothing they can do about it, even though they've tried in my career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing they can do about that. I just love them. And yet I am concerned that, in, in again, in late modernity, that we are not our ancestors. And if I had the time, I could unpack that 18 ways from Sunday. You know the point I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of our, in terms of our fortitude, mm-hmm. in ter- I mean, don't get me started. Mm-hmm. But, but there's a part of me that is, is, is troubled by the fact that on so many levels, in so many ways, I just don't think we are our ancestors. You want to disabuse me of that notion? Well, to a certain degree, yeah. some some of us can tap back into that. Okay. Because see, a lot of times we've been programmed after the 1960s into believing that well, racism has kind of dissipated a certain degree. Mm-hmm. They removed some of the signs because when our grandmothers and grandfathers were growing up, they had signs: white only, colored only. They made it very overt. 
now that they've made it more covert, we can play little games with ourselves sometimes. And the effects of the racism is still there, mm-hmm. even though we don't see it overtly. See, our families move differently. And they were more thorough, I think, because they were more codified with each other. Mm-hmm. They conducted themselves a certain way. They understood what the threat was. So we should be more like they were, in my opinion, because they knew what the game was. They were more awakened to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when, when people come visit the mm-hmm. Hidden History Museum mm-hmm. um, and they get exposed to stuff that they heretofore were totally unaware of, mm-hmm. Um, what reactions do you see in real time, in, in real space? People are just flabbergasted, man. People come in and they're very proud of the space. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. They're, they're proud of the location and they're just proud of seeing this stuff. And it's almost mind-blowing to a certain degree. And they just love the vibe and they love the energy and just the fact that it's completely black-owned. Mm-hmm. And we got all the money from the grassroots. We didn't. We haven't gotten any grants or loans or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are very proud of that. So there's a warm feeling that a lot of people have. And just the word of mouth is so great about the museum. We got a lot of publicity just by word of mouth. And a lot of people like to come on down and they bring kids down. That's another mm-hmm. thing I noticed during the day, people are bringing their kids down. So we're going to do more things that are kid friendly there mm-hmm. because we see a lot of that happening. So people are really feeling the vibe there. Yeah. Speaking of, of, of black history yeah. uh, and being black owned um, for you, mm-hmm. what does it mean in this moment, in this moment, in this experiment in democracy, mm-hmm. What does it mean for you to be black owned and black operated? That's one of the most important things of for me to be black owned and black operated because that's always been a threat to the dominant society. Anytime we start owning some things mm-hmm. and controlling things, antennas go up. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, going all the way to Tulsa, all the way to Central Avenue here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. because that was a thriving black area that they put a freeway next to and destroyed everything. Mm-hmm. So I know that I have to be on my P's and Q's because that's something that's not liked by the dominant society, us owning and controlling something, especially when they're trying to gentrify certain areas. So, you know, we have to keep our eyes and our ears open for any kind of danger that comes with that. You mentioned earlier in this conversation, uh, Tariq and Ashid, that this idea uh, came to you as you were driving down Crenshaw Boulevard Mm -hmm. one day. As you know, this studio sits on Crenshaw Crenshaw Boulevard. Boulevard. And Nipsey Hussle, who you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. was murdered just down the street street. at Crenshaw Boulevard in Mm -hmm. Slauson. but the, the the museum, the Hidden History Museum, is actually in the Jefferson Park area. It's, yeah. on, it's on Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an inside L.A. question uh, yeah. for those listening across the nation and around the world. Uh, but why the Jefferson Park area as opposed to on Crenshaw? Yeah, I was going to get it across the street. There were two places across the street. Yeah. Literally across the street from here I was going to get. Right. But they were giving us the runaround. Mm-hmm. Major. We would come in with cash in hand, and they had every excuse to not sell us the buildings. Wow. Yeah. They were real funny style. You remember, they were trying to buy the Crenshaw Mall. It was a black group trying to mm-hmm. buy the Crenshaw Mall. There was a, white folks came and undermined them, gave less money, and then they gave it to the white people. They do that all up and down Crenshaw. Man, we were trying to get a couple of properties out here. Mm. And the minute we walked in, I'm talking about I had a check ready. Mm. They start babbling and explaining and coming up with every excuse not to give it to us. So the real estate thing out here is real funny style when it comes to us. You see why I ain't selling? Yeah, yeah, man. 
You see what you see why I ain't yes, selling. Yes, yes, yes. So you in a good spot, brother. Yeah, we've been there twenty yeah. twenty two years. I yeah. ain't going nowhere, man. Yeah. Even though they make me offers every day. Mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. some of the some of them offers I, I really can't refuse, yeah. but I refuse them anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. take my and, point. And listen, yeah. we've already gotten offers on our spot on Jefferson, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm I BS you not. <laughs> They're already hitting us up, dude. They so. tried to buy us out, man. They tried to push us out because it's gentrification yes. all around us, man. Yes. They're pushing us out. Yes. So you, like, as we say in the old gospel song, like a tree planted by the water, I mm-hmm. shall not be moved. You mm-hmm. stay where you are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay right. Hey, real talk. We ain't going real nowhere. Um, two other questions in the two minutes I have left here. Mm-hmm. You mentioned reparations earlier in this conversation. The whole nation is watching California to see mm-hmm. what will happen in reparations, given what you know about the hidden history of black folk in this country, but especially the hidden history of black folk in California. Some mm-hmm. of what you referenced earlier in this conversation, your take on where this reparations conversation is going now that the task force has made their recommendations to the, right. to the legislature. Right. So I've been, I was real instrumental in that. I was just up at the, the last hearing up there in the Bay Area speaking at the reparations hearing. So we've been really, really pushing that heavy. Um, if Gavin Newsom and those guys want to try to dangle a carrot in our faces and then renege on it, that's going to look bad for the Democratic Party. So be it. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to do something. Black people, we got to get some kind of tangibles. Out here in California, we have too many homeless black people, black people suffering, struggling, and you have all of these other groups coming in and getting our resources. Yeah. So that has to change. Yep. I'm concerned uh, about uh, Gavin Newsom. I'm worried about him because mm. he's the one to put this thing on the books. I mean, yes. in terms of the task force, he mm-hmm. was all all in favor of it when it was, yeah. when it was just a task force. Yeah. But now these recommendations have come in. He's mm-hmm. getting real quiet. He's starting to move a little funny. Yes, he is because see, yeah. they thought they were going to really mess the language up in there and do all of this minority coalition thing and use all of these vague words and yeah. we were on the task force bumper making sure the language right that yeah. that reparations any type of tangible benefit is going to go specifically to foundational black Americans who yeah. are descendants of slaves. Yeah, we got to keep our eye on Gavin Newsom. Yes, we do. He's he moving a little funny now. Mm-hmm. Um, I digress on that. Um, yeah. Let me just say finally in the minute I have here um, John Henry Clark, you mentioned earlier, oh, yeah. and that bust yeah. you have of him. Yes. Uh, my yeah. very first, uh, the audience may have heard this story before. My very first trip out of this country was a trip to Africa. Mm. I was honored that Maya Angelou, my godmother basically, mm. took me with her mm. for 10 days to Ghana. Oh, wow. And in that trip, uh, on that trip to Ghana, she was giving a Du Bois lecture at the home of Du Bois in Accra. Mm-hmm. And at that lecture that day were Maya Angelou, of course. John Henry Clark, mm, mm. <laughs> Stokely Carmichael, who was then oh, Kwame Ture, wow. Miriam Makiba, mm. Hugh Masekela, and that's just the front row. Wow. Oh, <laughs> you were with the heavyweights. Oh, man. Can you imagine being a kid? I was man. a kid. I was just carrying their bags around. Wow. But as a kid, I got exposed to John Henry Clark that day. Blew my mind. Mm. And every time I went to New York, for as long as he lived, I went to see him mm-hmm. at his bookstore down in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Henry Clark. Oh, man. He was an amazing brother, man. Great. So very underrated. So underrated, man. Great man. Mm -hmm. The Hidden History Museum is in Jefferson Park here in Los Angeles, California. Whenever you're this way, come check it out. And uh, tell Brother Tariq Nasheed you heard him Mm -hmm. on KBLA Talk 1580. Yes, indeed.